0: Think Big with Dan and Cossum. and our guest today is Maria. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us what you do and where you live.
1: Sure. Um, My name is Maria. I am the founder of Maria Pala PR. Um, So I don't really live anywhere per se. I um, travel. I'm just like, I just travel around and scuba dive and have a PR company. Currently I'm in DC. So. That's my current location.
0: So, when you're traveling, do you go like for months at a time or for a week here, week there? Like, how do you structure your traveling?
1: Yeah. So, I do longer trips now because I made the rookie mistake of doing like shorter trips when I first started doing this. And it was a nightmare. Like, I was so stressed out. So, I have a one month minimum. I actually just got back two days ago from Honduras and I was down there for 90 days. I stayed out that visa um and then I'll be headed to Europe um September and October and I'm gonna try to stay it's hard with Europe because you want to go everywhere but I'm gonna try to stick with at least three weeks in every every location I go cool so I guess just to backtrack how did you get your job um so just a series of events so I was in Long Beach I was finishing my bachelor's in uh, at Cal State Long Beach and just a series of unfortunate events I didn't get to finish, but I ended up getting a job at Airbnb through another set of circumstances. So I started doing marketing. I started in their marketing department. Kind of, they were launching this this strategic partnership with Vivint Smart Home, and I was kind of working on that project. They ended up offering me a job, so I got into marketing. Um, And uh, they had wanted me to relocate. I was still in the LA area, and I just I didn't want to. So I was like, "Hey, well, I know a few things," so I started my own company probably prematurely but hindsight is always 2020. So I started the marketing company and then I just grew and learned and um, I landed on PR pretty early on because marketing is tough and especially the digital marketing space is very very saturated. Um, So just through podcasts and learning and stuff I kind of took what I had learned at Airbnb Applied it to marketing, and then just furthered my own education, and started building out, you know, my connections. And then we we pretty much are just PR. We we do personal branding, which is you know a, a marketing tactic, but we're pretty much just PR communications at this point. And so, really, I guess I'm pretty much self-taught in the PR space, but it's. It's been a good thing to learn because it's lucrative. It's not as saturated. Um, you, in some industries, you can get incredible results organically without having to do any advertising. Um, depending, I, I, depending on what kind of company and all of their circumstances, I don't want to say like you can do it and you will get these results right away. But like you know, some some the the tech space the game space where i work it's very very lucrative so kind of in a nutshell
2: <laughs> <laughs> so by the way uh, i think still if you are staying uh, on uh, on the trip for one month still things are pretty quick at your side i believe and uh, what are you so what are your next 6 months goals like in your mind like you are going to achieve this
1: um so next six months we're doing a big push we're onboarding a lot of new clients we're pretty much just uh sticking we are trying to grow but slowly like intentionally slowly um Mm -hmm. because a couple years back we tried to grow really quickly and we didn't have the right foundations in place um Mm -hmm. so And and I just decided, like, I didn't want to live that life, right? I wanted to scuba dive, and I wanted to see the world, and I just I didn't want work to embody my whole existence. So, right, so that over the next six months, we'll be laying a really solid foundation to set us up for growth within the next year. Um, And we have a a set of goals that we want to reach financially within six months, within one year, and then ultimately five years. Um, But we're, like, we're definitely, like, we're doing really well now. We don't want to. We don't want to try to do this like accelerated growth thing and just do it wrong again. Because I'll, I'll, admit it. We did it totally wrong the last time, and it was really stressful.
2: <laughs> okay, good. So, uh, by the way, uh, to accelerate the things, are you uh, working good with the technology? What is the role of technology in your day to day routine in of the business? Obviously.
1: Yeah. Um. So, well, I guess like the the big what everyone's talking about is AI. Um, so we actually work with a lot of AI companies. Um, we do so as far as like technology and PR and how it's affecting us is like, so my con- my director of content like has a very like hateful relationship towards Chat BT Chat GBT because she's like this is just garbage. I'm like this is so cool. It can organize <laughs> things for me. And she was just like, yeah, we're gonna use it for everything but writing. And she's just like so offended by it. Um. So I like as far as like in marketing, I think it can save you like a ton of time. I love working with AI companies because I think that. The technology and innovation that they're bringing to fruition is amazing. Um, I'm I'm all about ethical and you know responsible AI. i like and it's awesome to be like a part of it, like and promoting it in a healthy way. And then. Uh, seeing how our industry is changing, because I think people are able to be a lot more productive with it, especially, well, so, so that's like, it's like, on one hand, people can use it to be like really productive, right? And on the other hand, people are using it to write all their content and do it and it it, it shows. So like seeing just people thrive and like find their way in it, has been exciting, I think, um, and I'm definitely like, I just, I've, I'm i obviously on all the major media outlets because I'm constantly talking to journalists and reporters for my clients and stuff. So I'm seeing just article after article about this AI company and that AI company. And I think it's really exciting, the innovation we're seeing and being in the middle of it has been, has been very exciting.
0: It's really cool. So in terms, of, in terms of PR and the technology space, what do you look for when you have um, companies reaching you, when you reach companies. Like, what specifically stands out? Because I mean, if you talk about AI, or there's so many companies doing it right now. So, like, what would stand out in a story that's going to go viral in the PR space?
1: Honestly, the ones that like are open and willing to use, like their personal story and implement that into their company story, because it's so easy to just be like, I have this technology that can do this really cool thing. And then it be anonymous. And then you're just gonna, like, you're gonna have a hard time. Like, you're not gonna, it's not. So like, I actually, the, how I pick who I want to work with is like, if I have a really solid conversation with the founder or the co-founder or whatever, initially, and we, we connect on that level. That's how I'll choose because it's like okay, they're open to speaking, they're open to telling their personal story, and it's not just like a business because there's there's so many like there's so many different extensions and applications that do the exact same thing. So like if I'm gonna be telling your story and doing creative storytelling and getting you, trying to get you like top top tier media coverage and keynote and all of that like you have to be an interesting person you have to be really excited about your brand and so i i definitely base it off the person not the company
0: well yeah i think me and Cosmo have a good story we met on fiverr and i'm in texas and he's in pakistan nice. we still have never met in person yet so it's a really 2023 business so i guess from that standpoint i always think that that we have a good story but obviously it's just what me and Cosmo think but you know it's uh it's, you know, I'm not sure what other people think, but yeah, that's cool. So I guess in terms of you know, in PR, right? Like, what would you say are some of your biggest challenges in terms of getting people more press?
1: So you have the people that have either like a large company backing them financially or strategically or whatever. And, you know, you can go in and they, you know, they're willing to take your guidance and it's fairly simple to get because they have a really solid story to tell. Um, I think the biggest challenge is with some of these newer companies is cutting through because just because I think a very common misconception is like, oh, you're a publicist, so you know everyone, and you'll just get me a headline right away. And it's like, no. like they'll like even if I know them and have a good relationship with them, they are not afraid to turn me down. And so it's like, Finding a balance of writing a really good story, being okay with building your social proof, managing your expectations because it's not going to happen right away, and then and then watching it soar. And so, like that's great for like pre seed when you're looking for funding, get some gets a few smaller headlines, M- get people comfortable with what you're doing and what you're saying. Have that when people search for you, have that readily available to them. And then, you know, and then maybe TechCrunch will launch your 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 big round of funding, right? But it's, it's uh, finding a balance of keeping clients happy and realistic expectations and like watching small companies take off is really exciting because it will take some time. You do have to lay a really good foundation, but then they finally do get the IGN feature and they're so stoked and we're stoked and that's kind of, I guess would be
0: that's awesome so what's been your proudest accomplishment in your PR career
1: oh I yeah probably honestly probably surviving COVID and like still being intact um like obviously I love like getting people into big publications and stuff. But we do that quite frequently. I would say more on like a personal level, like keeping it together and like finding a balance to where I still really enjoy what I do and I get excited about it, I think would be the biggest accomplishment. Like we have, you know, we're doing these things for the clients and getting them good results, I think is normally what you would say. But I think that for me is just still enjoying what I do and showing up and surviving COVID. I think and then being able to pivot through all of it and living my best life while doing it.
0: So how specifically did COVID impact your business?
1: Oh, it was like, it was bad. So it wasn't actually like during COVID, we actually like spiked a lot during COVID because we were still doing a lot of marketing at the time. And so we were taking storefronts and making them like online, putting them online. So like e-commerce. Um, so that really took off, but it was like when the funding, when everyone's PPPs run out, ran out the second round and stuff and everyone was like, crap, I have no more money. Um, that's when it got really wild. We, we, I don't, we cut at least 50 percent of our staff um at least i'm trying to think like it was at least 50 percent. it was really hard because you know you get close to your team and and then just yeah trying to bounce back from that um and trying to do it quickly that was wild so i would say it was actually the year after covid that was the hardest for us but nonetheless by because of covid
0: so in terms of bouncing back, I mean, have you been able to bounce back? Are you bigger now than before COVID? Like, where are you at right now compared to that downfall that
1: you had? Oh, no, we're smaller, but we're making more money now. Our processes have changed a lot, and we kept a lot of really key people Uh, and we've, like I said, we've intentionally kept the operations small because we just don't want to go through that stress again. And then we are, you know, obviously wanting to grow because that's the goal. Right. But we're doing it a little bit more strategically this time. So what process have you implemented to help improve efficiency
0: so that you have less staff now, you mentioned AI earlier, but is there anything else that, that specifically has been able to help you, you know, have more revenue with less people?
1: Yeah, I think we just the productivity of the people we have now were the people who were performing the highest then before we had a lot and not to talk negatively, but we had a lot of interns and we had a lot of people that were in training and just working with the core group of people without having to like, you know, have the, that on their plate too with management management of that um has been really key and uh Yeah, I mean, some AI as far as just boring daily processes has been really nice. Um, And we have a really good VA. I think before, not to talk badly, but the way that this VA performs now versus back in the day, I'm like, wow, this is... This is so much like more things that you get done. This is incredible. So I think just keeping the right people under a stressful situation that are able to perform under a lot of stress um, has been great because we've managed to stay small, but get a lot done and increase from, I wouldn't say that we're making more than before COVID, but we're like right there, right? With a lot less people, so
0: that's good. So in terms of, you know, improving your processes, so were you all in person like in the office before covid or was it always a fully remote team? Like what did that look like? Because now you mentioned that like, you're traveling all around the world. So were you doing that before or when did that start exactly?
1: Yeah, so we're all fully remote and we've always been fully remote, so that was easy. That was an okay transition because we didn't really transition at all. I probably will never have an in-person business. I mean, I know I know it's like the ongoing debate. And I love that for people who work better that way. I love that for you, but I just, that's not for me.
0: Well, Cosm, Kasim, Cosm's, uh, so his, our development team is all in person. Like on the BD side, we're all over. So I think yeah. I guess, yeah. So like with development and Cosm's big will be an in-person environment, yeah. but I'm not a developer, so I can't, I can't speak to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think they're different and like different types of jobs do need to be in person. But yeah, for us, it's been good, good remote because uh, being able to travel has been like great for my mental health and keeping me excited and wanting to push through tougher things and stuff like that. So
2: (laughs) yeah, in fact, I think I think the things that uh, that are sort of related to the AI, maybe Performed uh, remotely <laughs> because, like in in, in particularly or field in divine field of development, uh, when the team is sitting under the same roof, they can discuss uh, with each other on the runtime by just yep. reaching them, reaching each other. So uh, on the other hand, the remote for the remote jobs, I believe that the things that can be performed on remote can get more value with the AI yeah. when. AI is associated with them, so AI is bad and good as well. Like it is more good than the bad. (laughs) It is bad if students are using AI to prepare their assignment, (laughs) but it is is good.
0: (laughs) What's debatable? I mean, I think if they if they have the tools, you know, I'm like, why not use them? It's funny because like I I saw, like a somebody say this recently because in school it was always like don't cheat but in real life like you're not doing anything by yourself like all, everything is collaborative so I'm just like what are you really like, you're using your resources you're working with somebody else and collaborating to do the exam you know
1: well I guess like if so if like for a paper I guess if you did all the research and you put all of the information you wanted and you just wanted I don't know I haven't been in school for so long I don't know even know if that's appropriate but I'm just like ah, oh, well let's You know they could just like help you write that a little bit quicker as long as it's all your own ideas but i've had i've had chat GPT go so rogue where i was just like that is not at all what (laughs) i said or anything close to it so i don't think i would trust it quite honestly to write a paper for me
2: (laughs) yeah that because that is not uh humanly interpreted like the human factor is uh, missing in it so that completely makes sense. But I believe AI things should be used to automate the things more yeah. than like to do search for you. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Because that can be wrong. So if you are going to automate your life, your business using the AI, this is something incredible. Like if you are performing a work with your effort in 10 hours and you can reduce it to one hour using AI, then why not? we should use it and we should make our time more productive for other things
1: well and i think it's allowing small businesses like to be able to be competitive too right where you like you can't afford that much manpower but if it if it can cut that off and there's no like copyright issues or whatever you know you're just automating your processes i'm all for it because i think it does i think it allows like if you have a really good well-oiled like business you can you know you can avoid some of the pitfalls of not having funding and stuff with AI <laughs> it's not it's not expensive the nice thing about it is AI none of it is like super overpriced so I think it just gives you a way to be competitive with bigger companies maybe That's true. yeah
2: so we we are working on our business to make many of our things automate we are already working on AI and uh we hope like it will begin to perform very, very well for us in indoor yep. business
1: <laughs> yeah yeah good luck and i i hope that too i i love it you know but some people have you always have to acknowledge the other side of it but i love it
0: 100 <laughs> so i guess as okay. of right now what does a typical day look like for you
1: um so right now i'm in dc so it's like not super typical i'm staying with a friend um, and so I like had to find like a spot that would be quiet from her Husky and like, it's a little bit different, but normally what when I was in Honduras a couple of days ago for like 90 days, I would get up, work, dive in the morning. I, I do like typically about two hours of prospecting, talking to clients, potential clients per day, and then two hours of just like getting things done. Um, actual, like the meat of my work. And then I would go dive, I would eat dinner, I would read and go to bed. And that's a typical day for me. Um, And then, you know, there's always different things. Like sometimes I would go for a night dive or whatever. Uh, The weekends, I'm pretty, like 30 hit and I was just like, okay, I want to be in bed by 9.30, even though it's Saturday. So (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I've evolved a lot of my time around diving and getting different certifications in that and just I'll go and see things, you know, I was on an island, so there wasn't a lot of sights to see. I'm sure when I'm in Europe, it will look more like work, go see things, then go to bed.
2: <laughs> By the way, I, I love scuba diving. I, I, I never did that. <laughs> I long for
1: <laughs> oh you should do it it's so much fun i try to recruit everyone i talk to about it
2: indeed it must be it must be so by the way uh, i can see like uh, you are helping small businesses as well you are mm-hmm. helping yeah. entrepreneurs yeah right?
1: yeah about 11 so, to 50 is our sweet spot
2: okay so uh what do you think like uh uh the clients uh, who reach you or you reach those clients, what are their biggest challenges Challenges uh, they are facing and you can help to reduce those uh, problems or maybe you can help to face those challenges in their business?
1: Yeah, I think, well, I think that the biggest challenge for small businesses is cutting through all the noise because there's so many people doing the same thing. Um, And you have to be really strategic, especially like with budget, with um, how you advertise. You just have to be really more strategic because there's not as many resources available to you. Um, So I think when we come in, we are just really thorough in getting to like just the smallest details about you and your business and then being strategic on how we present that to the public right or to stakeholders or whoever it is like depending on what your goal is when you approach us I think a lot of people's initial like kind of reaction is like oh I need to get a ton of clients well no you need to you need to set a foundation of like how you need to set social proof um I see a lot of people advertising seemingly for lead generation and stuff like that before they even have any sort of social proof b- built out about them like why you want to work with them why they're the best option why mm. they're doing different than their competitors and so and you'll you'll click on the advertising especially digital advertising and they have like no following nothing really about them and like I know for me, I won't work with people like that. So I think we come in, we build a really good foundation and communications with said people, their their target audience, their stakeholders, whatever it is, um, so that they can successfully navigate through all of the noise that is digital marketing and make an impact. Hopefully, uh,
2: I believe that's a really cool point uh, that you mentioned. Many of the businesses are are facing this problem indeed so that's a good point so uh by the way i'm impressed uh, we will be good to reach you and maybe you can help us as well <laughs> so, Yeah, happy uh, we're interested. <laughs> uh, on the other hand uh, is there any advice you can uh give to the young entrepreneurs like me yeah I'm young. <laughs>
1: Definitely. I I always tell people like the number one thing even and like even and I think they should be teaching this in college right is like make sure your LinkedIn is really on point and like just Mm -hmm. start building out your branding because whatever messaging you're doing like whatever content you're creating around yourself you can then transfer it to like whatever business like you can write in that same style you can have the same views you can have just the same language and you can you can apply it to different things you're doing and so if someone doesn't have a big budget like where you know it's going to be a big campaign I always just tell them to go to LinkedIn um because you you can get you know when people search for you it's good for SEO actually like a lot of like when you search my name a lot of my LinkedIn posts will pop up in Google so it will just start getting your name out there and what you're about and start building out an audience there because there's I mean you know It's it's getting more established, but you can still have a really good organic reach there Um, so and then and then once you have like a really cool following and a bit of a budget, then start start uh, scaling scaling what you're doing, start speaking on podcasts, start doing small keynote, um, start, you know, approaching the media for smaller outlets. And then, you know, I get like people into smaller outlets all the time. And then people will reach out to them and be like, hey, I saw this Uh, isn't it's a smaller outlet, but it's, you know, it's targeted for whatever their audience is. And they they get things from it, and then you can also the bigger the bigger outlets be like hey, this is what we've been doing, and you, they when they go to search, there's something there, and so it's not just like wow, this is I I can't find anything on this person. So I I preach LinkedIn. I'm not like a LinkedIn marketing person or anything like that, but I do think that having like if if you have limited resources, mm-hmm. make LinkedIn really pretty would be my number one advice. Perfect.
2: Great. So uh, it was really nice. Uh, I really learned a lot. I hope Daniel, you must have learned a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the things. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for your time, Maria. Uh, it was really nice talking to you, and uh, we will reconnect again.
1: All right. Sounds good.
2: Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.